Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Beauty Talk. I'm your host, Janice Tunnell, for today, Sunday, February 4th, the first Sunday in February. Thank you guys for tuning in. We just want to remind you all, if you're calling in tonight with a question or a comment, please call us at 914-803-4399. Again, that number is 914-803-4399. Now I'm going to turn it over to Denise. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Beauty Talk. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, sure can. Okay, great. Uh, again, good evening, everyone, and welcome to this show. Um, we're happy to have you. And before I forget, I'm going to put out there um, the question of tonight's show. It's going to be all about um, women of color. Basically, the question is, and not to kind of be repetitive, about some of the things we've talked about on the show in the past probably month or so. But basically we want to know how do you feel that women women of color are represented um, in cosmetic lines today as opposed to, I would say, 15, 20 years ago? How do you feel women of color are represented in, uh, in cosmetics, whether it be color cosmetics, skin care, um, you name it, are there needs being addressed? So that's our question for tonight. Also just wanted to remind those people that are in Atlanta, um, Makeup Artist Magazine will be uh, presenting a, um, a beauty event in April of this year, and they don't have uh, all the details together just yet, but you must be a ProCard member to... Um, you must be a pro card member to participate in that event. So if you don't have a pro card, let me encourage you to go out to makeupmag.com and register for that pro card. Again, the website is makeupmag.com. You go, you click on pro, and then you register for uh, the, whichever level of a card that you want to receive, okay? And then you just submit um, whatever information they're asking you to submit uh, for that particular card. Again, that's MakeupMag.com. And then lastly, I want to talk to you all a little bit about um, Face and Body Spa Conference. <clears throat> Excuse me. Face and Body uh, Spa Conference is put on by Skin Inc. And Skin Inc. is celebrating 30 years of business, treatments, and science. 
and they have uh, three expos for you to choose from. Um, one on the West Coast in San Jose, California, that takes place uh, August 26th through the 28th. And then one in the South, Southeast Rabbit, that takes place um, in Atlanta, Georgia, October 7th through the 9th. And then one in the Midwest in Rosemont, Illinois, July 28th through July 30th of next, uh, next year, 2019. The other two shows take place in 2018. The Midwest show will take place um, 2019, July 28th through 30th of 2019. So if you're interested in Skin Inc. and their conferences, you can go out to skininc.com. Again, that's skininc.com. All right. Um, I just want to just respond really quickly before we bring our guests on. I just want to respond to the question for tonight. Um, you know, some of our listeners may not, uh, you know, may not be old enough to even know what the beauty industry um, was like maybe 15 years ago. Maybe they may have been a little younger than 15 or something. And then there are some ones out there who may will be old enough to to know. Um, I feel like from when I started in the business, which was 20 years ago. Until now, I feel like today there are more options um, for women of color. Um, not to say that they are necessarily the best, but it's better than what was put out there back then. So I think there's more options. I think, um, and that's a positive thing. Um, I think some lines may still have work to do, but I think you know, it's a good thing that there are more more options. And I'm so happy that we have the guest that we have tonight because he can really uh, tell you uh, exactly, you know, what the industry looks like now as far as women of color. And I'm going to bring our guest exactly. on um, or now. Welcome to the show, Reggie. Hello. How's everybody out there in radio land? <laughs> good. How are you? <laughs> Pretty good. That- that question that you put up out there today is amazing because uh, I think it's something that some people don't even understand. You know, let's yeah. talk about 45 years in the business. So I go back 40 years. I go back to 1970, entering New York on, on a train, getting mm. off. And when I got off the train, I wanted to be a makeup artist. And that's when I looked around and said, okay, now where do I go buy the black makeup? Mm. Well, to my surprise, there were not any things available in black skin. Really, the smallest amount of anything that we have ever seen. <clears throat> and then you have to think about people like Naomi Sims, who actually brought out a line, and Barbara Walden who actually started a line in California, but that's still in the middle 70s. And then we had Fashion Fair. But there were no one available to get dark colors. Uh, Lapita couldn't have made it now if she was there uh, then, if she started off then. I think our darkest skin, who was the biggest model back then, was... Naomi Sims, who was really 
dark in all skin tones. And that was so, really an effort to get. So, so Reggie, what, so if you were faced with something like that, what would you do or what would the model do? Would they just not wear any type of beast? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked me that because I came into this business with a degree in art, with a degree in art education. So I went to the uh, course of teaching art in school for over 10 years in uh, the Washington and Baltimore area. So I could paint, and that means I could mix things. And when I tell people back then, when I was so rushed and I was so amazed at not having the paints to work with, not the base paints to work with. I decided one day, I looked at an old movie, and I noted blackface, that the white people were doing blackface in movies, in minstrel movies. And I had to say to myself, well, they're painting with something. And I couldn't imagine what that paint was, because that was face paint back then. And I decided to work with shoe polishes. Now, this is what I'm saying now, because Kiwi was out. And I know that when I shined my shoes back in the 60s, there, were, there was a medium brown, there was a tan, and there was a dark brown. And one day I got to playing with that, because there was no browns out there on the market. And if they were, they were from the movie people. So we didn't, it wasn't even mainstream. You know, pe- people like mm-hmm. Blasco, what Blasco, the name Blasco was being used in Hollywood in the 30s and 40s, and Blasco did not distribute his materials too. And most of that was done for making people look Polynesian or making them look tan, actors who were white. And I looked at the, I looked at the palm of my hand, I thought about art school. And so I started to, re- to rub the, the uh, Kiwi brown shoe polish on my palm. And then I mixed it with a little bit of the white that we already had out, the white colors that were out there. There were no yellows. There were no anything. And I watched that brown turn to a light tan just by doing it. A shoe mm-hmm. polish that had really mm-hmm. great intensity. It was not. Now, I know all, people will listen to me now and say that's impossible. But when you're an artist, nothing is impossible. And I need to that's say that again. Because we're misusing the word artist. What we have now are copycats. We have them all over the Internet. What they do is they copy, and they know that. So when I teach a class, I don't let you use the word artist until you earn it. My Mm. class is like no other class because I don't go through a procedure where I show you what to do. That's the way I do it. I go to a procedure where I give you a formula, and you have to create and answer that prescription. There's a prescription, you fill it. It's when I know if you deserve the idea of being an artist. So when I mixed those colors, I started to impress a lot of models and a lot of agencies. But right now, the industry is different. I wish I started now compared to I started back then because it would have been easier for me. But then when I think about it, it would have been easier for me just to be a copycat. This way I'm an educator now, and it gives me a lot of performance. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. So for those of you who are just tuning in, we are speaking to Reggie Wells. And Reggie, I that was a great response um, to that question. Have you, what are some of the things that you've noticed about products, um, some of the changes that you've noticed in products um, maybe over the last five years or so? Oh, the products are, are amazing right now. I mean, I was moved by A.J. Crimson, the way he started to work his product. I went out there. I was so impressed I had to call him and go out on the road with him for a couple times just to let people know this is way ahead of my time. This is this is way ahead of our time. First of all, it's giving makeup artists an opportunity to work. Now we have so many different textures of makeup. I mean, you got the brown that they laid. When I tried to teach people years ago, and people used to say, well, why does Oprah look so warm? I have a hundred and something covers from the O magazine. And why does she look so warm? And she, she doesn't look like she's baked. She doesn't look like she's uh, too moist. But she has this, this glow and this warmth. So no matter what anybody says, Makeup goes in circles just like fashion and hairstyling or all of it comes around again. And so no matter, nobody's doing two things that are not different until now. Now we're thinking about being the artist, and that's what we miss. The packaging is so beautifully done. The textures are so beautifully done. The equipment and tools are so much better. When I started, there wasn't a makeup box. When I started, there weren't makeup brushes. I had a, a fish tackle box I got from the hardware store. It had mm-hmm. little compartments mm-hmm. in it. So I took that fishing uh, tackle box, and I put my little bit of pencils in and I had my little bit of uh, tools and equipment. We didn't have liners. We had to think of what a, we had liners that you would have to wet the pencil in the wax and make the wax mm-hmm. wet with the pencil and then draw that pencil. And if you didn't have a really great brush or thin enough brush, you didn't know how to draw a line. You wouldn't be able to draw a line. And the texture of makeup now, in order for us to do it, it can glide across. So the opportunity for you to have all these colors are making so many copycats. I, I look at... Uh, some of the live things that I see people do makeup with. And if mm-hmm. it's interesting, I would call them. If it's not interesting, I would look at it and say, these are the mistakes that the people are. But then you have to remember this. We don't have great teachers, nor do we have great schools anymore. The Hollywood yeah. school, back in the 30s and the 40s, they had people they would teach and all sorts of makeup all sorts of makeup for, you know, all kinds of cuts, all kinds of sores. I mean, you went through mm-hmm. all procedures in the schools back then. We don't do that. We open makeup schools, and we teach the same way over and over again. That is good when you're doing esthetician. If you want to be an estheticianist and do faces and skin, that's something different. But we mm-hmm. should be able to create a face, not follow anyone else's idea of what a face should look like. And that's the gift I had with Oprah. 
I was able to take her from the color purple all the way up to now. And mm-hmm. so that look has changed. If you look at all the covers sometimes, you can see the evolution of the product being better. You can see the evolution of the of the face structure being better. I did contour back in 1980, 1979 and 80, mm-hmm. way before it was famous to card her nose. And if you look at Oprah, you know that she had to be contoured. But now we're using mm-hmm. it as an excuse to do makeup because people, right. everybody mm-hmm. doesn't need a camouflage. And that's, that's what right. contour, that's right. contour is, a camouflage. That's all it is. It's the trick of cinema. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm teaching right. And then now everybody's just, uh-huh. now everybody's just, now when people go to do a makeup, that's the first thing they do, not really looking at the face to see if they really need it or not. It's just like, like my sister always calls it paint by numbers. They just go okay. in, start contouring, that, but, what, but nobody's actually... Looking I watched to see it. if it's needed. That's why I came up with my course. My course called Faceology. The thing about me, I have. I'm an educator first. That's what my degree is, and I'm an artist next. And I came up with a course called Faceology. It's called analyzation. When you walk into a room, you should know what every, each one of those women need. But you don't know it if you haven't learned the skull. I start off with the skull. I tell you mm-hmm. what the names of the bones. We don't speak in cheek. We don't speak in eyelid. We speak in bone. And it's a new vocabulary, and it, it's blowing some people's mind because it's hard for them to grasp, especially new people. But when I walk in the room, you can believe me, I know who needs to be contoured, and I know who does not need to be contoured. And that's the okay. trick about what you do. You're being able to analyze. Back in the day when we were doing advertisement, which is the biggest money maker in commercial and video, is the biggest money makers now. Now we make sixty five dollars to go down the street and do Catherine and her mother for the prom. So mm-hmm. now you're becoming famous for doing neighborhood I call it neighborhood makeup. Mm-hmm. And so you don't know the difference. You don't know the difference in photographic and advertising makeup and everything. And the And let me say something that's very important, and nobody knows it, and I'm going to say it. You have to know lighting. I learned it coming to New York. Lighting. Some of Mm -hmm. these people who do these makeup on television and then live, first of all, the lighting is totally wrong. You do makeup for anybody according to the light it's going in. If you have to sit in the rain and do makeup for a movie, you do it in the rain. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Right. Do you really? Okay. If you do it in sunlight or what, whatever you want to photograph, you go outside and you do it in sunlight. I made that mistake when I first did makeup. I was in the bathroom. And when I went out into the light, the photographer said, oh, it looks very muddy. And that's when I learned that lighting is more important than anything you could possibly do with makeup because the control comes from the lighting. It tells you exactly what you need to do. And we're missing all that true stuff about makeup. So I teach mm-hmm. a workshop just in cinema lighting. Okay? Oh, nice. I teach a workshop, a workshop in cinema lighting and what it takes to go on the video, what it takes to go on the... As 
First of all, I want to say that the lighting that I did for the Oprah studio is what made Oprah look so beautiful the days that she was on the stage. I changed mm. that whole concept of lighting. And it helped her. It helped her in a long way. She didn't know that because a lot of black people aren't lit correctly. Aren't lit. Absolutely aren't not. Lit. No. And that's the first problem that we have with lighting. Sometimes, and then some people think people have light in their skin. I see people now say, oh, my God, right. she, light, she, she lightened her skin. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. The makeup artist did not choose the proper color for the proper lighting. And it's right. not the photographer's fault. It's the people behind it. And if you look at any cover, you'll never see Oprah washed out with me. Every bit of that warmth was done to all kinds of gold and crimson and cinnamon and walnuts in color that I either mixed to the, to the right percentage of color or either I bought it to the right percentage of color. But the problem was when you get a mixture of different skin tones, there's a, a cover we did for Essence Magazine. It has Queen Latifah in it. It has, uh, it has uh, Holly Berry in it. It has all, every major star back in the early 90s. And so we had a team of makeup artists. And the thing that we had to concentrate was in the team that when all of those women get on that cover together, we have to see that skin in its essence. So the photographer's job was to get a light warm enough to base mm-hmm. all those people. And if they didn't know lighting, they wouldn't have been able to do it. There were times right. where the lighting was so bad. So the industry has grown. I don't think the people yes. who go into the industry is getting are getting the right kind of classes. And sometimes right. I have to laugh at I have to laugh at classes. I love when the woman who owned a makeup class, and I won't mention any names, say that, well, we teach, we teach a makeup class. I said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What is a makeup class? And I look right in her face and say, what is a makeup class? I mean, uh, uh, no, she said, we teach a makeup class for bridal makeup. And I said, oh, bridal makeup. Oh, my God. What is bridal makeup? She said, well, it's makeup for brides. I said, so how do you teach that? Because I always thought the bride determines what she wants to look like. Right. right. They, they, in those days are over where a bride is pink. We don't do that anymore. So you have to be careful as to how you teach bridal makeup. There's no such thing as it. And I hate to make people yeah. and throw them off. So when you go to right. class, somebody <laughs> teaches you, what happens? No, I'm just laughing at you. <laughs> Isn't that amazing, though? It's the truth. Yes. It's, when you think about it, it's so bride work. There's no makeup called bride makeup. Because I've sat down with weddings now, and I refuse to do bride makeup anyway. But when I do, I ask her, what does she want to look like? And no bride is going to be, she's going to tell you smoke, she's going to tell you punk, she's going to tell you red. I mean, you don't teach that. That's so you true. That's so and true. when she looked at me, she looked at me with her mouth open. And I said, yeah, I'm 71 years old. And I thought, <laughs> you know, nobody's... But we've, we've been hoodwinked. We've been bamboozled. We've been people, left, right? Oh, my 
God. And the girl said, so she said, Mr. Wells, I'm taking a makeup course. I said, you are? What school is that? She said, well, it's in, uh, it's in Florida. I said, oh, my God. And how, how much you pay for it? She said, $3,000. And what did they, how long is the class? She said, it's a week. I said, oh, my God. <laughs> and what are you learning in that week? She said, we're learning, we're learning uh, eyebrows. We're learning lips. We're learning foundation. I said, so that's why it goes on a week, huh? She said, yes. We get something new every day. I wow. Said, you have no, with, no time, with no time to really learn it. <laughs> no, it's no time. To, and they're not interested in you learning. And when you always ask, who is the teacher? I always ask, who is the teacher? What she used to do, she used to do, I said, do you, do you remember? No, she used <laughs> to do, uh, like, she used to do the weddings and, she also was a, a part of the church with the church, and she would do television in different cities. I said, wow, what's her name? <laughs> and, and, and did you check out her awards and her things? like? And we don't check. We actually don't check. We just willing yeah. if somebody's got a room and a thing and we can come in there and she's got a picture she did, we don't go. So we're paying all that money. Yeah. Yeah, I want to I want to go back to something um, you were saying about uh, with the lighting because one thing one thing that I one thing that I, I noticed about uh, some makeup artists, especially when they're new to doing like stuff on television and things like that, you know, and yeah. and if if they don't know that the lighting that they do that they're doing makeup exactly. it needs to be the same lighting that they're shooting in. One thing that they yeah. can do is make sure that when you get to set. You're looking at a monitor to see right. what that person looks like no, because but, you can but, al- but, always make adjustments. But you, the whole point is this, too. You don't have to make adjustments if you're smart. You do the makeup in the, in the section that they're going to shoot. It's the easiest world to, thing to do. The monitor won't even, because half of the monitors are wrong anyway on a set. They're all wrong. They never give you the factual color to that situation. So if you do it where you know feel comfortable in that light, it's always the key. I'm telling people, it's always the key. If you do makeup in your kitchen, then you better stay in the kitchen. If you do makeup in candlelight, then you better stay under the candlelight. I've invented it. That's what I did with Oprah. If you go on the stage and you got that background, you got to make sure that that outfit she's wearing and that background, some kind of way coordinates with that lighting. And Oprah needed a bank. We had to build it. We built it. It wasn't there. I said, I cannot win an Emmy if you look like a raisin in a rice paddy. She said, what do you mean? I said, think about it. You look like a raisin in a rice paddy. And then I look wrong. You understand? But see, I came into business with educated values. You see what I mean? I went to an art school. I have my degree in art. So I, I educated myself, and that's how I became famous in New York. If you thought I could became famous in New York copying somebody, that didn't work. I stood in department stores for two and a half years. That's what I did. I went from Bloomingdale to Macy's. I was hopping around and learning. And the best thing you could ever do is get somebody in your seat that was not a model, just they walk right up to you and sit down. Mm-hmm. No, matter, no matter how shocked you look, your thing was, how do I make her happy when she leaves? 
How do I make it? And I didn't try to do it in full faith. I made them happy because I took the prettiest thing on their face. Here's where we messed up. Take the thing. Because they're going to look at you. I don't care if they're the blackest thing, the whitest thing, the albino thing. I don't care what Japanese eye, any kind of oral, uh, uh, what do you call it, Asian eye. You can have a, I need to make her look like something when they leave. Because I'm selling a product and I'm making them happy. So if you pick the prettiest thing, I don't care if it's a lip, a bow of a lip, or a lid of an eye, a brow, and do that. They're going to either smile or they're going to frown. And if they smile, you have them. And here's what you got to remember. You don't learn on a celebrity. You don't learn makeup on a celebrity. You learn it in real life because real life is not paying you the kind of money a celebrity paid. We learned how to do real celebrities, and I don't like using the word celebrity because that woman who's sitting in that chair with that pretty lip might that one day become famous. So celebrities mm-hmm. to me aren't really celebrities. They're real people who have a lot of money and can form and have beautiful talent. So that might be the woman that sits in your chair one day. You never know. It might be the woman you did for the bride. It might be the woman. So when you sit down, and you know, and here's another thing I'm going to throw to people. And here's another, like that one about the lighting and all that stuff. See, I talk real because I see people being cheated. The woman walks in, and she says, uh, yes, Mr. Wells, hi, I love your work. But she said, I want to look natural. I say, oh, you do? Then go back home, crawl <laughs> out of your mother's womb, and come out as a baby. Because that's the most natural. She said, no, I want natural makeup. There's no such thing as natural makeup. What we do, we don't make you natural because you already are with nothing on. What we do is we enhance. So I don't allow my students or anybody to ever say the word natural to me. That came out in the 90s. That came out in the 90s when the cosmetic line was saying, oh, and looks so beautiful and natural, and natural cosmetic. There's nothing... There's nothing so wrong. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you hear that yes. word? Could you ever say anything is natural when you put on makeup? It's not. It enhances. Just don't use the word natural. Crawl out of your mother's womb. That's the more, That's the naturalest as you will ever be. We come into this world on our birth. We birthed in this world natural. You understand? Wow. Wow. Yes. It's deep. It's deep. And nobody ever yeah. talks about it. Now, Reggie, it's Where a part it? of your, there's a part of your book, mm-hmm. and for those of you who, who don't have Reggie's book, it's called uh, Face Painting, African-American Beauty Techniques. From Back Jimmy in 1998. Right? Yes. 1998. <laughs> it's a classic now. It's a cult book. It really don't is. Get it, don't get it before I die so I can sign it. That's right. Maybe I need to get you to sign it the next time I see you. I know. It's a part of your book that that I I love, and I I just want you to talk about that a little bit. It's one of my favorite parts of the book. And if if anybody has a book, it's on page seven, but I'm just going to read a little bit of it. It Mm. says, I took my first job teaching at an inner-city junior high school in Baltimore. I like classroom mm. teaching, but I, but I needed to do something more creative, more artistic, more fashion-oriented. Good mm. teaching I knew, 
must include exposing students to new things and letting them apply the knowledge they gain in the classroom to the world in which they live. So I started a, a modeling and grooming club where I taught girls how to look good, how to dress, how to wear makeup, and how to do their hair. Because I love doing it and the girls could feel this, the club became very popular. Every time I read that, I just imagine everybody having so much fun. <laughs> but tell me. And me, and me being strict <laughs> enough to get them to do it. Tell you what. Right. <laughs> Just tell me. I mean, I know you were looking for something that was more creative and more artistic, but yeah. what else inspired you to do something like that, and, and how did you pull that off? I had five clubs in the school because when I started teaching, I knew that every student in school, they used to give you home economics and art and all that mm-hmm. stuff, and most people couldn't draw anyway. I knew I was right. To appreciate that I could draw Because they said Reggie draw mine Reggie do this So when I went to school I had really good art teachers And I had really bad art teachers And so because I was a strict disciplinarian I controlled the way my students act They, I, they acted If they acted like they wanted to give trouble I came down on them So one day I decided There's no clubs here and these girls were from the ghetto. They were right there, right in the community. I taught right in the ghetto. And I had 13 girls in my home. And I said, you're all going to be models. And the girl looked strange. I said, you know better than to roll your eyes with me, don't you, Diane? And she said, no, I wouldn't roll that you, Mr. Wall. I said, but keep rolling because I'm about to make you beautiful. And what we did is I sent them to the salon on Tuesdays. And on Wednesdays, I dressed them in culottes and white blouses and go-go boots. And what happened to them was they couldn't wait for Wednesday to walk down that hall. And my control was so good that no teacher ever complained. Those girls walked. Take that tire bank because in 1968 I did that. Okay? Wow. 1960, going into the 70s. And they were doing They had their hair pulled back. I put pearl earrings in their ears. I had them. And that group turned into 38 girls in my theater dance workshop. Wow. Now, you you got to remember now the school system said, what the hell is wrong with him? What is, what's going on here? <laughs> what's going on here? We, a man never taught dance because I broke ground. I broke ground. If you walked into my classroom and saw the control and saw the carpet on the floor and the curtains on the window, you would say, what, you know, nobody... They didn't know what to do, but they stepped back and they started seeing how the children would change. The uh-huh. teachers would want to come in that room. They wanted to come in that art room. They said, they run to your room. And then he figured it out. They run there because they want to be on time. They knew they couldn't be late. They knew they had their posture I would examine when they sat in the seat. I trained them to do that. That's what you do. And that's why I was exquisite. When I came to New York, I was already grouped. I was already educated. I was already had in my mind what I wanted to do. Like you're reading that book. And if you read some of those stories about my first, you know, my first endeavors with celebrities. And they became mm-hmm. some of my favorite celebrities. And those, those photographs, in essence, you know, was the key to my success. That's what it was, because I got a cover, at least over 80 covers of the Essence magazine, way before I met Oprah, way before 
I did. I I was working on every celebrity you could think of. So my thing is, when I was a school teacher, I was gearing myself to go into the real world because I was too much for the system, and I knew that. I knew I couldn't become famous. As one, as one, they voted me teacher of the year three years straight, all the students. who either hated me or loved me, but they knew I did a lot in that thing. And that's why when, I know, when a makeup artist sits down with me in class, he is going to get the best that he can get. First of all, he's getting a lot of wisdom. He's getting a lot of exposure. And, you know, I have, you know, essence. I have advertising. I'm writing my memoir, by the way, which will be out in a year and a half. I'm 71 years old. I'll be 71. And when I get this memoir, you've got a story that goes from the little boy to the big old man. And everything in between that is a learning process. I'm glad you enjoyed that book, but that book really tells you on how what happened to me in New York and how I mm-hmm. pushed myself. You notice that? It, yes. It, it talks about me and when I was in New York and what I did, what I did, and what I didn't do. And that department store is the best tool in the world because I always tell people when I teach class, half of it is always fifty-fifty, fifty percent is talent and 50 percent is personality in order for you to be successful in this business right mm-hmm. now, when you listening to everything you said tonight mm-hmm. if you had to, if you had to tell a, a makeup artist just starting out mm-hmm. what makes what makes a great makeup artist what would you say oh my god that Wade Bandy, when I was in college and teaching school, I watched Wade Bandy's work. And I got to meet him when I first went to New York. And I said to Wade, I got into Studio 54. I had to figure out how to get in Studio. For those who don't know, Studio 54 was a big nightclub that every celebrity, Michael Jackson, uh, you know, all of the big stars, David Bowie and everything. And you had to stand in a long line, all in the back of the line, going around the corner. And I just said, I want to go in there. But I can't just go in there and stand in line. So what I did is I paid for somebody to put me in a limousine, gave them a tip, had my black suit on, and walked out of that door. He took me around the corner, walked out of that door, and jumped out of that door like I was the biggest celebrity in the world. And what they did is hooked that, took that on velvet rope, just seeing the persona, just seeing the expertise, the mannerism. They opened that velvet rope and said, come right in. Now, and that was mm-hmm. one of the first things I squeezed into in New York. And I said, if I can do this, I can be very famous in this city. Because I was just in Macy's down the street. That's why I caught that dog on limousine. He had a man $25 to go around the corner where that line was in Studio 54. <laughs> and I went in it looking like, and that's where the school teaching came in. I looked like I had that persona. And I walked in there, and there was Michael Jackson right in my face. And this is the thing that struck me. And that's why I know God comes into your life for a reason. There was Wade Bandy in the balcony. Looking like you know, do you know who Wade Bandy is? Have you looked up him? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you looked him up? If not, yeah. you look him up. He was the man that opened doors in New York back in the seventies, and 
And he looked, and I walked up that balcony, and I said, hi, how you doing? He said, yes, how are you doing? And I said, I adore you, I respect you, and I admire you. He said, uh, and what else? Isn't that something else? I said, <laughs> yes, you look gorgeous. And I said, I came here to be as famous as you are. And he said, my dear, I don't think you'll never have any problem with that. If you can back your talent with your expertise and your personality, you're going to be quite successful. And he must have died two years after that. Oh, wow. And I never forgot that. I never forgot that. If I could bust into Studio 54 and I can bust, and I bust into a lot of nice places. I bust into Harpo <laughs> Studios. And when I met Oprah and I did her face for the cover of 1986, she was amazed, first of all, at all that product. So your personality and your talent are the things that are going to get you over. If you come in like a diva, you might go out like a lamb. So you you have to be very careful how you you come in and go out. And I've had my ups and downs just like everybody else. But I've managed to have made history. I made history, and that's all I wanted to do. My name will still go down no matter how. When I die, it'll be a lot of rest. That's why I tell people, get that book and that memoir after that. Because if my life isn't a movie, I don't know what is. <laughs> and that's what we're going to sell it as, a book and a movie. <laughs> it is. And what the world has done now is we're accepting a lot of artistry. People are starting to do a lot of artistry. But you got to be careful with social media because this is what I would tell them. Be careful how you go on social media. Be, be careful what you do on it because I'm very choicy because I had to get on it. And my thing is, I have to be very choicy. I don't talk so much, but I, I give them history, and I show them history. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they see things that look, you know, almost like today. But a lot of stuff, like I said, is shoe polish and lipstick not being lipstick but eyeshadow. And I did it back in the early, you know, early 80s when there weren't things available to do it with. But thank God the artistry was still there. Yeah. So, so Reggie, why uh, women of color? I know you've worked with all all women. White, they but what, white, black. Yeah. What what makes what made the, what made women of color so special to you? Because it was the hardest procedure to do. Doing yeah. anything that's Caucasian is very easy because they take color very different than black. Mm-hmm. And you had to learn procedures on skin that was Caucasian compared to skin that was black. We have really good, tight skin, and when mm-hmm. when things happen, you know, you have to be careful. Here's what I didn't go for, and I, and I don't want to change history. I don't want to talk about, don't come to me about a color wheel. Mm-hmm. I don't respect mm-hmm. the, I don't respect a color wheel. I'm sorry. I don't respect it. And I went to art school. So the, the, that's why I was first presented with a color wheel. And then I started to think about Michelangelo, uh, Rembrandt, uh, all these uh, people who were artists. There wasn't a color wheel. Do you realize that? There wasn't right. a color wheel. Okay. Right. So what happened? You know what happened? They spilled paint. They dropped it. They mistakenly mm-hmm. mixed it. They got a brown out of shoe polish. Look at me. I went to get shoe polish, remember? Right. 
Right. I went to get kiwi shoe polish, and people looking at me like, it's it got to be a lie. No, because if you're an artist, you know what to do with it. And that's what right. I'm trying to say. And they have no prediction. But you have geared so many copycats. What the hell am I going to demonstrate for you for? Why am I going to demonstrate? What do you, what, they didn't have school. You either had classes of the Renaissance. You have all this uh, times that, that the artistry was in, either dark, darkness or either, uh, either mosaic or even Picasso. You had things and periods, but nobody's work looked the same. I mean, now we get in all these periods and everybody's work. Like, your eyebrows, and I walk in the class and I say, oh, y'all are suitsters. She said, what do you mean, Miss girl? I said, your eyebrows are like her eyebrows. Wait a minute, you stand up in the back. And your eyebrows are like hers, too. So y'all all were birthed by the same person, right? They said, <laughs> no, that's not true. But you all look like copycats or stencil. That's not the way you do art. That's not the way you become famous. I did my eyebrow different. I made sure I did it different when I first arrived. You know, I could draw right. and I took advantage of it. So I drew it. You know, I taught Beyonce how to use that brow because the 80s. What I love about what Beyonce looks for is intelligence and creativity. And she always signed and said, you all, your work always looks like it is a piece of work on art. So I said, brush it. Because in the 80s, we brushed the brow. We didn't, we didn't tweeze it. We brushed it. Right. And if you look at some of those old pictures in my book, you yep. yep. look, it looks like, huh? That was one thing that I noticed earlier today. I looked at a brow that was in, that, in your book. And I noticed oh, yeah. it was brushed. It was brushed. They all are brushed. And, it, and one, you see where I filled the brush, but I didn't take the hair away. Then I have one where I took an arch and I made it almost like a, a rectangle. The girl who has that beautiful skin and those those brows are light, and I use the same lightness in her lips. And those brows are brushed, and they point out. They don't go around. They go out. Because the, the extension uh-huh. of what you do can either change your face, camouflage your face, or, you know, mm-hmm. disaster of the face. You can call it disaster. Right. Absolutely. Are you, oh, and when you look at the old movie, and that's why I teach cinema, if you look at some of the lighting and how it is and what Betty Davis and Joan Crawford and all those people fought for great lighting because it was being in black and white anyway. So your new, the newer films that were done there, it called for great lighting, right? Lighting that would wash mm-hmm. out things, that develop things, that would come from the side with light and shadow. It's the most, and half of the people who are going to take this workshop, they have no idea how you create that. And that's what will be mm-hmm. done in my workshop. And the workshops are free. I mean, they're free to cinema students. And you can believe wow. there's never been a course for lighting because I've never seen a makeup person do it. And, and they keep asking me, Why did you, how did you make Oprah so beautiful? I made sure. She didn't look like a raisin in a rice paddy, no matter where she was. But I'll tell you something, the goldenness, she still needs a little more goldenness with her skin. I think we're somehow we're losing the tone almost. Mm-hmm. Well, because lighting can do that. Too much lighting can make you lose the tone, so you have to be very careful. Because when your arms and your neck and everything show, you have to be careful that that tone 
matches all of that at once, you know. And I learned right. that by doing mm-hmm. beauty shots and advertisements. We did Ambi. I did the first Ambi ad for Skin. Remember Ambi Lotion? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back in, back in the 80s, I mean, back in the early, yeah, the early 80s, we did Ambi. And the girl had body had to be completely the same color. And what we learned was don't try to match that tone. Match that tone. Do the body according to the face and take those same tones and spot that tone. But we didn't have retouching back then. You couldn't re- right. all that retouching. So we had to make sure everything was moving. I didn't have a spray gun, so I painted that whole body with sponges. Just made it sponges. Didn't even go back to put powder on it. Just made it spongy. And then dapped it, dapped it with a cloth, just a cloth. And it took it and made everything even and beautiful. So it matched the whole tone. That was Andy. That was my first ad. You see it. So I'm, I'm, I'm collecting all these pictures. I'm going back to things that I didn't even remember doing. That's how busy I was. Mm-hmm. Well, Wendy, I have a call on the line. Go here. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You have a call? Yeah. Yeah, I have a caller on the line that I want to bring on, and then after the caller, I want to uh, get a little bit into what you're doing now um, in your hometown of Baltimore. But I'm going to bring the caller on. Okay. Thank you. Good evening. Hey, Randy. Hey, hey, um, this Viola. Uh, Hi, Viola. Who else would Viola would be up this time of night listening? Thank you, Viola. How you doing, <laughs> Viola heard this mouth before, so she knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> but, I love, but I love it. You never it never gets old being updated and being relevant and what's going on mm-hmm. in the generation of the makeup of today. So it's That's really true. great. Yeah, it's really great to have our girls, our ladies, the Tunnel Sisters, keep giving us life and keep giving us oh, yeah. a, oh, a yeah. platform. Because it wasn't for I met, you, too. I met Viola mm-hmm. back in the day, and Viola managed to do exactly things she listened. And we ended up with one of the biggest uh, beauty, Day of Beauty, that's our original word, Day of Beauty, for 400 women showed up. Yeah, eleven years ago. From eleven years ago, from all across America, and they each paid three hundred dollars. Remember, Viola? Yeah, and we, we sold out in two weeks. We sold those tickets. Never in will that weeks. ever happen again. Never. That never happened. <laughs> That's that was history that was, made. It was history we made. made. History. Yeah, and, and we gave that. To people who were real women, we didn't even have makeup artists in the audience back then. No, nope. we had we had women from all over America, and they what did we give them? They walked out with a thousand dollars worth. Of yeah, that. over didn't over fifteen hundred dollars worth of product per person. That's what it was. That's wow, that was yeah. a, that's what y'all girls should have done. Y'all would have loved that. One. It was amazing, mm-hmm. amazing, and so that was extravagant. Wow. will never have. And look at Viola. I don't care who it is in America. They know Viola, okay? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's Viola, true. Has, she sold makeup in the department store just like I have. She's done movies. She's done television. And she has the personality that I'm just trying to, to give to it. 
Half it's 50 is personality, <laughs> and 50% is talent. If you don't have it, you will not make it. Absolutely. Because I've seen people who are bitter. I've seen people who try to be divas and everything else, and that will not work. And Reggie thank you is, Reggie, for calling me. Yeah, remember, Reggie, you were the one who told me to get that website in 2007. I know you did. I know, because yeah. I had all these beautiful ideas and what she thought she could bring to a city. I said, then go get a cart and let's do it. And she did it. She's had sand fine. She had some of the biggest people come to her, come to her cities and work with her. Yes, she did. Mm-hmm. Nice. nice. But, but thank you, Dial. Thank you for that. You're Bob. welcome. Thank you. Thank you guys for letting me call in, and I'm going to go ahead oh, and enjoy good. the rest of your show. Okay. Oh, thank All you. Right. Thanks, Dialola. You're welcome. So, Lady, you're doing something very exciting um, here in Baltimore. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Well, you know, in Baltimore, I decided to come back home. My father's 96 years old, and I didn't spend oh, enough time. I've been gone from Baltimore about 40 years now. And so I came back wow. to where I started teaching and everything else. And my father's in a nursing home. And so not too far from the nursing home is a senior citizen living facility. So I moved mm-hmm. in here to be close to him. And I wanted to know that something happened to him, I wanted to be close. But in the the uh, senior citizen living facility, I found that there were women who were sitting here in the 80s and in the 70s, and nobody's coming to visit them. Nobody's been around them. I don't see their grandchildren. I don't see enough people coming in. And one day they said, you know, I heard that you were doing makeup. I said, yeah. I heard, what you do? What are you talking about doing makeup? I said, well, look at this. I put a lipstick on this 88-year-old woman. She said, what you putting on? I said, I want to get your lips a little dry. Let me put a little gloss on. She looked in that mirror, and she started crying. She said, I haven't seen myself. And then I knew that God put me here for a reason. So I have a foundation that I'm starting called the Silver Lining. It's a special name for women, women over 65 and older. I just did my 90-year-old woman the other day. She's 91-year-old, and she did makeup. I put I do makeovers of four women in every city. We've done now six cities, and we have a few more coming up for the spring. So, And we're working on that. And let me tell you something. I've been working with every celebrity in the world, but you know what I get a kick out of? I get a kick out of because most celebrities don't smile after they get their makeup done. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of what she had scheduled. But these women, right. if you can bring a 70 and 80-year-old woman to a smile, and sometimes with no teeth in their mouth, I, I've right. done my job. That's the way I right. call right. in. Right. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. So getting, isn't that amazing? And that's yeah. why things happen in your life. You just have to be aware of why they happen and when they happen. And so right. I opened that's they, right. they did it. They did an article on me in the Baltimore Sun. And, you know, Reggie comes back to Baltimore to give back to senior citizens. And I think that's what we all should do is learn how to give back. I'm a senior citizen, way over. And I intended that God gave me everything I want. I'm healthy. I've been living a long time, and I want to live longer because I want to spread the love 
and the care. Well, you know, they all say, you know, Reggie got that personality. He's got that personality is what I was born with. I'm going to have it. And that's you Mm -hmm. either accept it or you move away from it because it doesn't stop me because I can give, I can love, and I can, you know, forgive people for whatever they do. And when I see these old people, this is what life is all about. That's what's going to happen if we live long enough. We're going to need help again. That's what people forget. And when I watched right. their grandchildren didn't become a part of it, they took care of us all those years. So what we have to do is take care of them. And wait till you see these makeovers. You'll be, it's unbelievable. They shock me sometimes. Because I take mm. a woman who is almost frail, who can't walk, some in wheelchairs, and some of them are walking, and I take the image that they think they have and totally show them what they can do available. And the woman started crying. She said, I took this picture to work. And people looked at me like I was another woman. And she cried all day. And it's really changing the way they think of themselves. So I've turned this this facility facility in something. I'm having tea parties. (laughs) I'm like like a gay man out of control. I got lace everywhere. And and on Valentine's Day, they all get a bouquet of roses. They all will. Nice. I'm going to put it out to give it to them. And I sit there, I make food for them, I bring tea downstairs. I'm I'm living here too. And I wanted to be the best and comfortable place they can live. And I had to straighten a lot of them out because they didn't know. They thought, I don't wear no makeup. And I put it on her. And they said, is that is that is that Laurie? I said, Look at her. Look at her. Reggie, oh my God, look at Laurie. And Laurie just just got cute. All of a sudden Laurie got cute. <laughs> and she threw her nose up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you talked about you talked about see I I watched to see who's talking about who. And then I tell the girl, Come on over here, come on over here. Let's go in the back. Uh-huh. I throw that wig on <laughs> And the grandchildren they see him, they have a whole new respect for him. You see what I'm saying? Thank, right. thank you, man. Thank you, man, for making my grandma, my grandma feel good. Then they get mad because I'm, I'm spoiling grandma. What I want to do is spoil them. That's the time you spoil them. So that's what I was meant to do. Now, I used to spoil other right. women so that they get paid for. I don't get paid that's for right. this. I'm that's not getting right. paid for this. They can't afford me, and I don't ask them for anything. It's costing me money. But if they're smiling and feel good about what they're doing, I got them walking. I get in there and dance for them and sing for them. I do everything I can. But you know what I do? I change their attitudes, just like I did in the classroom. You see what I'm right. saying? It all I, comes back. Nice. It's all the stuff. Isn't that amazing? That's, that's amazing. amazing. That's your that's your calling. That's no, Reggie. Right. Since you're doing since you're doing all of this free of charge to them, is there mm-hmm. anything that anybody can do for you, maybe like supply you with makeup or things like this that? Is what um, we're, looking we're looking for companies that will support what we're doing. We're looking for companies because I can't afford to give them the makeup and the tools and equipment they need. I mean, mm-hmm. we can we can go but so far. You know, if I can give, sit down and give them tea parties, that's costing in the hundreds, and I still don't. So a lot of companies can help. And a lot of companies reached out and helped. So any support we can get 
I don't care if it's a lash, a lipstick, a brush, mm-hmm. anything that we can do can help. Will help these senior citizens, and they just get a kick out of me. So they get, and they love little things you give. But if you can make, I think it's making them live long because it's making them live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's making them live long. Well, you know, a lot of them got lit. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, you know, Reggie, um, I'll I'll give you a call sometime this week, and um, okay, I can find out what what you need, and we'll do our mm-hmm. best to um, reach out to as many people that oh. companies that we have relationships with to help. I uh, appreciate that. To help you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The has been yeah. amazing. I'm trying to get Makeup Forever to come because mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I can't wait to teach a class for Makeup Forever because I love the product. And Danessa has been wonderful, A.J. Christian. Uh, so a lot of people reached out. And uh, I'm just making – and with this booklet that we finish, you know, what, what's gonna, it's going to be a great, you know, thing to present to the world. And so, yeah, absolutely. We're trying, we're trying to do these. I'm going around the cities, and sometimes we do local news shows. We've done one here, and we've done one here in Baltimore. We're going to do one in Phoenix, Arizona. So, I appreciate you guys. I'm loving that you two girls are hanging in there. Look at you. Hanging in there. I didn't know. In Baltimore, you got to hang in there, don't you? Okay. You do. That's right. Baltimore's a tough old city. I did. I had to run from Baltimore in 1970. I ran. I actually got off that train and didn't know where I was going. I I was experienced in New York, but you know I've done Broadway. I've done a Broadway show before. I've done video. I've done documentary. I've been in every genre of of uh, makeup business. So yeah. So one day uh, yeah. But they're they're awarding icons though that I don't think are icons. I mean, I don't think people. I think we are we're putting people on pedestals way before they prove themselves. Just because they can copy Absolutely. doesn't mean they should be on a pedestal. I mean, I worked right. hard, worked hard and long, and paid my dues. And it was and anybody who's done it. And I've been around a lot of makeup artists. We have some beautiful, talented makeup artists. I don't want to say everybody's copying because they're not. We have beautiful artists that really deserve to have that title. And what I want to let them know is you can't use that title until you have earned it. That's why people mm-hmm. give you what you earned and what you're worth. You have to be right. worth that title. And we misuse that word so much. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> this has been it's great the, tonight. I, I, uh, the audience have to give me because I'm so old that I can afford to tell the truth. So they going to have to hear it. I love it. Well, that's love what, it. That's we always <laughs> we always welcome the truth. So I'm happy to hear it. That's good. That's good. That's good. And everybody needs to hear it, especially now, because a lot of people I'm seeing come up. They're coming up uh, in the way. I'm so proud of AJ. I'm so proud of uh, Derek Rutledge, who took over my position with, and I had to train a lot of people for that position when I left Oprah. And I think Derek was a good fit for Oprah, amazing mm-hmm. fit. She looks beautiful. She looked amazing at the uh, was Golden Globes. Looked amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She was beautiful. 
and he did a wonderful job, and I'm just so proud of him because he's been working hard for a long time. And, you know, what? what yeah. we close the door, it opens the door for someone else. That's what I love. Yeah, that's right. You close yeah. the door, yeah. and I move on to another level. And see, now I'm doing something that is so enriching to me that it's much more on a different level than the enrichment that I got with Oprah. Cause we, so that's something you go and you take it to the next level, and that's what I'm doing. And right. the old magazine uh, knows what I'm doing and probably be interested in doing an article. And that's what I'm trying to do now, get it out there where people can see it in magazines. So any connection y'all can give me, I can appreciate that. Yeah. No problem. Okay, I have the information it's been, for you. It's been on the download for a while, so now I'm talking about it. You know. Absolutely. That's that's great. Um, it's great to to hear that you have a foundation that you're working on, and mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's that a blessing, and I know. Feel good. Yeah, and it makes yep, someone absolutely. Feel yeah, it's not like you're doing it for a television show or somebody performing. You're actually doing it mm-hmm. for a picture that that grandchildren will have for the rest of their lives with grandma, and they'll right. remember Absolutely. for a long time. Absolutely, absolutely, and I know that you will be blessed because of it. And I know that, um, you know, once you know people hear about it and catch on, it's going to be mm-hmm. uh, so much, so much love coming to you. Um, and it always is. It always is. It. Yeah. I've been so blessed. I was born with a gift. I was born with a lot of gifts. I was born where mm-hmm. I could push a door over. Even as a little homosexual little boy, I could fight my way through. So anything I ever dreamed of, it's all come true. I've been everywhere mm-hmm. in the world. I've sat down with kings and queens, you know. I sat down at a mm-hmm. table and ate dinner with Nelson Mandela because of people like Oprah and everything. You know, doing people and, and, and just, you know, I've been very blessed. And that's why you give back. Let people right. know. Here, right. Here's a man. Here's a man that's taking his time. He doesn't need to do this with us, but he's here. And he's supporting his father right. as well. And that's what I do. That's what we do. That's what we should do. We should all learn. Our world that's is right. very bad now. We got a bad world out there. It's a very scary world, and we don't. And mm-hmm. the only reason it's scary is because we don't respect our own humanity. So I go to classes mm-hmm. around the country, and it's another thing I do. I go and I motivate young people, which are the ones we're losing. I did it in Baltimore. I did it in Montgomery County. So fifty girls. Mm-hmm. I wanted fifty girls, and I want. I didn't want all of the girls to be the same. I wanted them all to be different. When I left there, mm-hmm. they were laughing and they were crying, and I took two or four of those girls and were taken on the trip to New York. It's called A Day with Reggie in New York, and they won that They won that trip. And we taken them to it right there on the bus, okay? All right. Exposure. We need all, right. all the exposure we can get. That's what hurts. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Reggie, shout out where we can find you on social media. Well, I'm on Instagram. Don't tell me how to get there, but I don't know. But I'm on Instagram. <laughs> it's Instagram. <laughs> it's a Reggie Wells nine on Instagram, and then I got another one. I messed up somewhere. Then you can always get me on Facebook. 
Facebook. I got a lot of people requesting to be on Facebook, Reggie Wells on Facebook. And uh, I'm trying to get on Twitter right now. And I'm doing something not for my sake, but for this charity we're doing sake. Right, and right. More on that. And, you know, you know, you can still book me, but when you do a class with me, expect that you're going to go to a real class with a real mm-hmm. guy who's got a real degree, mm-hmm. who really mm-hmm. is a teacher. So mm-hmm. that's a qualification, and he's an art teacher. He knows painting, he knows drawing. And so when I give that, I don't want no more than 10 people in my class anyway because it goes right. you know, It's an eight-hour class, and you don't let learn lips on one day. And you learn a com- faceology is something you have to know what that's all about. So we do that. We do that very easily, and walk. You walk out there, master. That's another word I want to stop using. Is that word master? Master class. Master. Mm-hmm. You might as well call it Mister or Mrs. Class. That's a master. You got to mm-hmm. earn that too. Master class. <laughs> wow. So Reggie, do you want to do a master class? I don't want no master around me. I'm master enough. <laughs> I don't, that's a misused word, too. I know, that's master. right. <laughs> it's just master. I know I did the Mac master class way before everybody else was doing it. The whole point is you don't have the right to earn that title. And so it's been misused. It's been misused. And guru, okay. I've been called master, guru, genius. Don't use those titles. Just call me artist. Well, have right. a class with right. the artist. The artist. That's all. Make it art. Don't make nobody on See, here's where we mess up. We make them on level. Nobody will get paid nowadays the money I got. They won't get it. I was, I was probably one of the, you know, I made millions of dollars. That's what I'm trying to say. But I worked hard for it. And I was at a time where everybody wasn't doing, copying everybody else. But I did, right. I did everything so that money came in naturally. Boom, 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 boom. And because we had so few, few in this far between that we got paid. We had great agents. We had paid. Now they're walking around with $65, and they all look the same. And why do we put a hundred of pictures up of ourselves, hundreds of make of makeups that you do in yourself? Why do we do that? Mm-hmm. I don't want to see what you do on your face. I want to see what you've done on, on other people, on other right. people. Let me see. Let me see if I can call you an artist. And don't always right. use that same eyelid. And don't give me a picture of an eyelid being closed. I'm just talking about the things that I'm peeved by right now. You know, you close your eye. Okay, okay, okay. I see that. Okay. Oh, that's a hundred of them looking the same way. Oh, I see that. Oh, you change your color on that one. Okay. Wow. That's a big lash right there. <laughs> open your eye because your eye open is the art that you have already done. It has to be open. We don't even know how to paint an eye open. Do you know there's a way to paint an eye when it's open? And nobody's ever taught them how to do that. They think it has to be closed in order to make its art. Not, not the masters, though, because they know how to do that. So give it to the, call the master who is really the master. Right. And I'm not, leaving, I'm not pulling down anybody. I think if you want to take a class, take a class with somebody and know that you can get available, you can 
talk to me about a class. You can do one-on-one or you can do that. Make yourself ahead of the person in front of you. Get your right. give your get the knowledge while I'm here. I don't know how long I got to go. Get the knowledge by somebody's already done it. If Wade Bandy was here, I'd still be under him. You see what right. I'm saying? Right. Because mm-hmm. he was he was the man that I had to you know, get in touch with, follow him, and they didn't have social media then. It was about books and experience. Books and experience. Y'all didn't talk me to sleep. Look at that. I can't stay up long no more. Mm-hmm. I know, Reggie. Yeah. We go right in. Let's go. Wait, wait a minute. Where are you? Where are you? You in Baltimore, right? Y'all in Baltimore? I'm in Baltimore right now, and my sister's in, in okay. Atlanta. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. am I going to, man? I'm going to. Are y'all going to the Barnum Brothers show? Coming that's up? coming up. That's, um, a, that's is that next weekend? Is it next weekend? Is it now? No. I thought it was what, February. What we, yeah, February. Uh, what is that? Um, yeah, I, I want to say it's February. February. Let me. Let me see and then they have a. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be there? I don't know. It's according to who I who I work with. I don't I don't set up a booth anymore because my product is a limited product. We're going to try to bring out that. Lock pot again, but it has to be manufactured in a different way. It costs so much. I mean, I own the patent for it, and that's something nobody ever. Do you know I'm the first black man to have a, a black makeup line? Oh wow! I mean, a makeup line, not just black, but a makeup line. Kissy fit. Oh wow! Remember? Wow! Nobody had yeah. One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody had one, and that that was millions of dollars. That signed off millions of dollars. That was done yeah. in Australia, and so and it's a beautiful part. If it, but nobody got to see it. And nobody got yeah. to see it. Nobody. I worked with it, but nobody got to see it. And nobody understood it, and that that's because I'm a way ahead of everybody else. So the, right. I, mm-hmm. them, I did that for the average woman, but women who had, who got it, you know, they loved it. They loved it. So we're trying to manufacture, and then I'm doing endorsements with with other makeup with other makeup lines, you know, my my uh, play on my uh, makeup, you know, introducing the Reggie brand, and this is what I did for their company. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We, we partner with them, and we do something exclusive for their line, for their line. Now, Reggie, before, before you leave, let me, let me ask you this. What, a little bit about Interface. What did you... What was your involvement with that line, and uh, what did you like about the product? You remember Interface? Oh, oh yeah, I love Interface. Okay, <laughs> Interface was right there. Well, Interface was a part of the man who, you know, did uh, Black Opal. Yeah, right. That's what they, they had Black Opal first. That's his manufacturer in in Queens in New York, and so they mm-hmm. sat down with Roxana. They sat down with Roxana. They sat down with. Uh, Sam finally sat down with me. The problem was they weren't willing to do the campaign. You got to remember when I I was right on the top then. You know, mm-hmm. even Sam Fine was behind me and Roxanne, and they they called me in there, and I was making like I said 
thousands of dollars. My thing was I tried to convince them that Interface was a classic. It's a classic. Mm -hmm. And they sold it with a beautiful packaging, but it needed a name behind it. And at that time, Mm -hmm. I was in New York working my way towards Oprah and all those people. They had all those magazine covers. I'd already launched with Fashion Fair back in the day, and Interface came after all that. You know what I'm saying? And so Mm -hmm. they didn't realize then it was important. So all the Interface was nothing but black opal and good packaging. Right. Right. I heard heard that. All all black opal in good packaging. And then what's the name copied the Iman. Remember the Iman project? They were all yeah. from, from Naomi Sins and Fashion Fair. When I tried to tell people, and, and people tried to teach warm and cool colors and what you what our undertones were, undertones, mm-hmm. yeah. the worst thing in the world is to tell blacks they had undertones. But they didn't. They didn't listen to what I'm saying because I know, you know people question it. There is no black undertone. There is no black undertone. What they do is we warmed it. I didn't use undertone. We didn't use. And what's that new thing they they selling now with the orange? And it was that thing. They call it a what? Col- well, color what corrector. Oh, color, color yeah, corrector. Color corrector. No such thing. No such thing, people. Think about it. Think about what I'm saying. We were taught because of the Caucasian people who had broken cells in their skin, blood cells mm-hmm. and things like that. We had we had to do that because the blues and the reds and everything was coming out into Caucasian people. So they developed that through Mary Kay, and they came up with that concealer thing. Because what, what a corrector was was a concealer. But what a concealer is is another foundation. That's all. Mm-hmm. Right. That's all it is. And see, these are the kind of things you hear in my in my classroom because I try to teach you. You've been bamboozled because we had, you think we needed a, a, a line of pencil? No. We didn't need it. Black people didn't need it. A line of pencil, a lip liner, was invented for white women, for occasional women. You know why? Because they didn't have lips. We had to make them full. Remember? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And you gonna put a you gonna put a uh, you gonna put a lip pencil on a girl who got super cool lips who got them full lips. You don't need it. You never need it. I never used a liner in my life. Period. In the whole business for black women, I used it right. right because I needed to make that lip full. But you know mm-hmm. we just we're not getting we're not getting the truth. That's all. We're not getting it. I did white and I did black. In fact, I made my money on white people when I first got off the bus. Mm-hmm. But black mm-hmm. people were questioning. White people had no, it was just so easy. I did, Seal Awards, first test was done by me. White Seal Award and Wilhelmina. I got to know Wilhelmina sat in her desk and Wilhelmina watched me do a face and she made me do most of her new girls coming in that agency. I sat down with with the woman who was in charge of Eileen Ford, all the agencies, all the agencies. And that's when I learned the business. That's when I learned that to make a white girl or make a Caucasian skin look beautiful, less was more. You didn't have to come, you didn't have to fill them up. 
That's what's more. But they can you they didn't hold the makeup like black women can. They can't take a lot of makeup like black women. Right. You can go back, you can erase anything on a black woman's face. You can erase it. You can erase it when you're doing the makeup. That's what I used to do, erase and put back over it. You can't do that on a Caucasian skin. You can't do it. You can't erase on it because you got a hole. It's going to be a hole there. And you got to fill that hole. I know if it's ever happened when you're doing makeup, but you got to remember you can't do that with certain skin. Skin textures are different. Right. But that color corrector, all right, color corrector, you know what color corrector was? Why you bring it up? Because you didn't know how to pick the right foundation, or we didn't have the right foundation uh, colors. And in my crock pot, when I have a concealer, it doesn't look like it's a concealer because it's so in between the foundation. It's not bright mm-hmm. white. Now they, get, now they start with everything white. Everything that's under there. Just, and everybody, concealers are not supposed to have, black skin is not supposed to have that pure light concealer. Because what they do when they, when they demonstrate it, they erase it anyway. They put it right. on there, mm-hmm. on there, and all of a sudden they think blending is erasing. Blending is not erasing. I watch them do it. They erase it. They erase it. They mm-hmm. pull it, squeeze it, and push it. So you're do, you're doing nothing but wasting makeup. Because <laughs> I didn't have a brush. We didn't we didn't have a brush to paint with. We didn't have we didn't have we had a Q-tip, and maybe we had a sponge. Back in the day. And that's why we applied. That's how we applied. But I always applied makeup with my hand anyway. And anybody from the old school has done it and still do it. I still do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you use your hand. I said, yeah, are your hands clean? Because mine are. Man. <laughs> In other words, I'm doing this on my finger and, and sit there and watch. She said, you know, that feels good. And it doesn't feel like it's all built up. I said, because I'm learning what your skin can take. I can't do it with a glove on. Nor can I do it with sponge. I got to feel what your skin is doing and what it's taking. How is it taking it? And I can only do that skin to skin. And people get it. Wow. They get it after that. Yep. I'm a mess, but I'm honest. Yeah, and we can, love and it. I, and, and I can teach. And I can teach. I can teach anybody how to do anything. But you can't enrote. It can't be rote. It has to be, here's what you have to do to get there. Here's what you have. And sometimes you've got to take the left turn instead of the right. Because it might work on your girlfriend up the street. Don't mean it's going to work for, you know, a fade down in the basement. It's not going to always work. You know, so you have to know mm-hmm. how to make every turn. And when I used to sit in that department store and watch those faces sit down, I used to say, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Oh, my God, look at her. Oh, Jesus. I'm saying to myself, <laughs> how do I make myself good at what I do? And that's why I say pick the prettiest thing. One woman had the worst skin. She had the worst eyelid, everything. And I, I looked at that lip, and that lip was perfectly shaped, and I ran with it. I ran with that lip. And with that lip color that she liked, and I, and I said, ooh, look at it on your eyelid. Oh, my God, that's beautiful. She said, I like that. I like that. So what it didn't did, what it did was it opened up her her whole point of thinking. Now she's thinking, oh, I can wear that. I can wear that color. 
And that's what they do. You you open that thought. That's what an artist does. You bring enlightenment to whoever looking at your painting or who's a part of your painting. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Love it, love it. Yeah, so anything you do to help with my coming up foundation, let me know. Because yeah. I would love to have these companies involved with some of this. Because yeah. once we make this booklet out, bring this booklet out, and it's going to be very interesting. So mm-hmm. I don't go to a lot of hair shows and uh, beauty shows anymore. And until I can bring a new element there, yeah, right. it's gonna hit, it's gonna hit big in there, it's gonna hit very big, right. And that's what we're gonna do. They're gonna say, "Where that girl in that wheelchair going?" I said, "Up here." I said, "Roll up, roll on up the ramp." <laughs> okay. The lady said, "You picked me." I did it before in the, in the audience. She said, "Why did you pick me?" I said, "I think because you got a pretty face." She said, I can't even walk. You ain't going to walk in here either. You're going to stay seated. That's all I like. I swear I know you ain't running. You won't run nowhere. And she laughed and she giggled and then she cried. And then she cried. I'm telling you. It's amazing because mm. I call it the for the forgotten woman. And that's what they are. They're forgotten women. And they give up. Mm-hmm. Right. Where do you hear some of these testimonies? Mm-hmm. They testified wow. what they felt like when they looked at themselves. Yes, they did. Wow. Well, I want you to still be a part of what I'm doing. I want you to always keep Absolutely. in touch. And let Absolutely. me stay ahead. Yes, and, and here in Baltimore, I would love some of your support and help when we do this in the city again. We're going to be going to Washington, D.C. to do it. So, okay. okay. If you hear... And I want you to be a part of that with All me. Right. And we can do well, a lot. Well, we we can do, do a, we can, Huh? I said we'll have to do lunch before I go back to Atlanta. Okay, sweetie, definitely. When are you are you here to when? I'm not really sure yet, but as of right now, I'll, I'll okay, still be let here. Me know. But, let me know. Yeah. Okay, so let me know when you're available, because I would definitely have lunch okay. with you. Okay. Okay. This is Thank you great. so much Thank for joining us me. tonight. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I got, oh, I, got no, I, got, I love to talk. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you're, and you're always welcome, Reggie. You're always welcome to be on the show. Thank you. I appreciate that, girl. Y'all have a great night. Thank you. You, right. too. you too. Thank you okay. so much. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you guys for tuning in. This has been a wonderful show tonight, a really great show. Um, thanks for tuning in, you guys. Thanks for supporting. Um, that was great. <laughs> that yeah, was really let good. Um, let you all know where you can follow us. You can follow us on Facebook, where Beauty Talk Online Radio, and on Twitter, we're um, at Beauty underscore Talk, and on Instagram, we're at Beauty underscore Talk underscore Media, and you can follow Denise. She's on all social media. She's Janice Tunnell, J-A-N-I-C-E-T-U-N-N-E-L-L. And you can follow me, Denise Tunnell, on uh, all social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And that's D-E-N-I-S-E-T-U-N-N-E-L-L. And congratulations to the Philadelphia Eagles for winning the Super Bowl. 
Um, I don't think anybody won in New England, <laughs> at least nobody that I knew. So congratulations to them for winning, and you all have a great week. All right. Have a great week. Thank you, guys. Be beautiful and be blessed. Good night. Good night.